Hey, Baltimore people, don't forget that we're going to be coming to your town this Friday, August 19th. Go to theautobar.com to get your advance tickets. Get them now. They're cheaper, and the show is definitely going to sell out. So get those so you can come on and see us and the Cowmen playing together this Friday. Speaking of this Friday, we're also still going to be doing our Adult Swim live stream. So go to adultswim.com this Friday night, 7.30, 8 o'clock, somewhere around there. Check your local listings. Now, time for Albert Fish, part three. There's no place to escape to. This is the last podcast. On the left. (laughs) That's when the cannibalism started. What was that? Yes. Yeah, now I hear it. Yeah! Yeah! There. <laughs> All right. Welcome to the show, everyone. I am Ben Kissel. That's Marcus Parks. With hey. us as always. I am like a snowball. Do you remember those mm-hmm. those little the little cakes, the snack oh, cake snowballs? Do I, do I remember? Of course. I ate three last night. I am covered in powder from my belly button down to my knees. Mm. I'm like my grandfather in World War II. You don't need a shower if you're dry. Totally. <laughs> um, and I am so sick of being chafed, and I didn't want to bow down to it again this year because the gold bond powder does make my nuts smell like a bit of an Albert Fish situation. That's okay. Just in terms of like an old man, just kind of full of cum. Right. Covered in dry powder. Totally. But I, I fucking broke down. I got to say, I've never been happier. I feel like Pablo Escobar if he sat down in a chair made out of cocaine. Yeah, that's great. Uh, I'm but, just shaking loose. I feel like I'm covered in snow. I don't understand. I'm like a dog in a snow field. Oh, it's been, it's been what, 90 degree heat for about two weeks here in New York City. So I don't understand what the breakdown is, though, as far as powdering yourself. You could have just done that day one. Why did you, why did you refrain from doing it? I'm just trying to spare the romance of my relationship like a little bit. I'm trying to oh, ease her into the fact that I have a body like William H. Taft <laughs> and right. then like him, like olden times. I mean, I need to be like both moisturized and powdered at all times like yes. I'm Beethoven, like I'm Mozart. <laughs> well, the illusion of him being a fancy boy, it's all gone now. It's kind of like the mess that Albert Fish used to live in his oh, bathroom. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so we're on to part three of Albert Fish. Congratulations to everybody who got their goal Gold star. And this episode, double gold star. Whoa! You, you're going to know when it comes. This is, um, there's going to be a lot of unpleasantness. Yeah. With the Albert Fish story? Yes. It seems huh. to be that Albert Fish doesn't get cuter, no matter what we do. <laughs> yeah. Because he does seem like a cute little walrus man because of this fun little walrus mustache. Sure. But the problem is that it's like, remember the walrus from the old poem with the walrus and the, the walrus carpenter? And the, yeah, the walrus and the carpenter. It's yeah. like if that walrus had a fucking tiny, hard little cock that needed, he needed to be spanked 24-7 in kind order of, to come. Kind of a different story there. Yes. Well, all right, well, let's get to the fish tale then. So after the disappearance of Francis McDonald in 1924, sightings of the gray man began to occur all over Staten Island, which, like Boston during the Boston Strangler case and Los Angeles, like any of the uh, half dozen or so serial cases that they've dealt with over the years, Staten Island went a little bit nuts. I gotta mm. say, I'm really sad that she went missing because I loved Fargo, and it's really a shame what Albert Fish <laughs> did to her. <laughs> not Francis McDormand. Oh, I'm Francis sorry. It's McDonald. a boy. It's a boy. It's a boy. At it's a, a boy. Too. It's I- a small boy. <laughs> So a little girl reported that three days before McDonald was found murdered, she was approached by a gray-haired old man with a mustache who said he'd give her a nickel if she came into the woods with him to look for, quote, wild rhubarb. Ladies, 
That's a euphemism for cock. That is <laughs> never go good. into the woods. First of all, wild rhubarb is never in the woods. It's at it's at Whole Foods. <laughs> That's what I always thought. Wait, Just, yeah. Where do you get the wild rhubarb from? From a farm <laughs> where a man is covered pink stained with rhubarb stains because he's been yeah. growing it all day. Sure. And he's legally allowed to grow it because also you need a license. There's a whole story about rhubarb. Yeah. So the girl's mother hmm. appeared and shooed the man away, but he was found later that night sleeping in the family barn, after which he was shooed Chewed away once again, but he matched the gray man's description perfectly. Ma'am, I thank you so much for allowing me to stay in your barn. Um, your hay is just thin enough to put in my penis. <laughs> but can I actually give a bit of a Yelp comment? Can yes, I say, of course. I wish it was a little thicker. You, more, you want thicker hay yes, in the barn? so it would hurt my penis more? I'll be going. Okay. <laughs> so another girl reported that a week before the murder in those same woods, she came upon a filthy old man matching the gray man's description hmm. crouched down on the ground eating something out of both of his hands like an animal. And instead of just hmm. turning around and going back home, the girl tried to rush past the old man who started yelling at her quote, in a foreign tongue that sounded like Italian. Mozzarella. Yeah, what was he eating there? Maybe it was gnocchi. Could have been. <sighs> I was trying to think what else do Italians eat, uh, Italians eat, but all I can think about is cheese and pepperoni. But yeah. I don't think they eat pepperoni. Yeah, but what is he going to scream at her? I don't know. It's just something about being fragile. <laughs> <laughs> so the girl naturally broke out into a full sprint with the gray man giving chase. But after she reached a clearing, she looked behind to see the old man had suddenly stopped. And he slowly slunk back into the woods. It's so dis bad. It's so scary. Like when you just think about an old man literally just hanging out by the tree lines of, of tiny Staten Island woods, just going like, I'll be back then, I guess. Back to the rhubarb. <laughs> the wild rhubarb. <laughs> so the Daily News jumped on the bandwagon and painted a, to say the very least, unflattering portrait of Staten Island. This is what the Daily News had to say. <laughs> Dateline, Staten Island. The island in which the murder occurred is overrun with old men, morons, degenerates of all types. Men picked out of the gutters and breadlines of New York City and sent to the city farm colony on the island. At present, there are nearly 500 men on the poor farm, and many of them are known to be degenerates. That's where my family's from. <laughs> and I think that was an accurate depiction of your family. Legitimately, four generations of Zabrowskis are from Staten Island. <laughs> it's possible. So hoping to track down any lead, police arrested and interrogated a whole slew of local perverts. Right. I mean, if you are on this list, you know, it's like, you know what? I am innocent, but it's just kind of offensive that you thought it could be me, given the description <laughs> Guys, of who you're looking for. Like, really? Listen, you, we all know I like doing the pressed ham under glass, little full fun pranky <laughs> thing. We all know that I like to show my butted people. I may be waggled by penis people, but I never kill a child. You know never. why? Because children are there to stare at me, waggling my penis at them. Without the children, what am I? What am I? So these perverts included a truck driver from Brooklyn who was arrested for, quote, impairing the morals of a minor... A middle-aged man who was bothering a bunch of kids on a playground, and a music teacher who was accused of taking a young boy into the woods alone to talk about, quote, sex psychology. Well, that's disgusting, but I do like the idea of an old man bothering kids on the playground. They're having it too good for too long. You gotta shoo them. <laughs> get, get out. That's not shooing them, though. He's... Giving him a get in motion. It's not a go away know. motion. I think it was a it's go a away motion. No, he's playing hop on pop. He's like, <laughs> literally all of these old men spend mm, all day long creating okay. 
perverse games to play with children in the guise of seeming innocent. But unfortunately for police, all of these perverts had a solid alibi. But part of the problem was that police refused to believe that such a supposedly frail senior citizen such as the gray man could inflict the type of damage that was done to the O'Donnell boy. Mm. But the thing about Albert Fish was that he was, for lack of a better description, pretty spry for his age Mm -hmm. and for his size. He was only 5'6", about 130 pounds. And he was faster, stronger, and more agile than one might expect. He's like the same size as Usain Bolt. (laughs) Kind of, but totally opposite. But only if Usain Bolt... What if you find out that Usain Bolt was fueled by the need to run to a nude boy? (laughs) How would you feel about his world records then? Yes, sort of like how a rabbit will... Be the uh, the uh, the thing that the dogs chase <laughs> yes. for the dog races. And what if all the perverts were just at a big dance called the Perverts Ball? <laughs> well, they were. They all have an alibi then, don't well, they? Actually, in Staten Island, there was a place called Rattlesnake Nest. Oh my god! Uh, that the Daily News said was an orgy of debauchery uh, and child molestation. But when they actually went and searched Rattlesnake Nest, it was just an old shack that the kids had used as a playhouse. All right. <laughs> No. It's a fun thing, but again, flip it and reverse it. Yeah, flip it and reverse it. No, the, the Daily News, the, the New York uh, City newspapers during the Albert Fish trial and during the search for Grace Budd and Francis McDonald were absolutely disgusting. But this is where we got mm. the moon maniac and the vampire story, like all the different nicknames. When they were playing out the stories of the uh, when Francis McDonald went missing, they, they, this is ripe for selling newspapers because it's right. trumping up the fear as we're going to see as we go along the kidnapping uh, cases that were happening all throughout America at this time. It was kind of crazy. Like, kids were worth money back then. <laughs> now, despite what the police said, Francis O'Donnell's mother, who had gotten an eye full of fish, maintained that it couldn't have been anybody but the gray man. Here's what she had to say about him. He came shuffling down the street, mumbling to himself, making queer motions with his hands. I'll never forget those hands. I shuddered when I looked at them. I shudder every time I think of them. How they opened and shut, opened and shut, opened and shut. I saw him look toward Francis and the others. I saw his thick gray hair, his drooping gray mustache. Everything about him seemed faded and gray. I saw my two neighbor's dogs spring at him, and I saw Philip, the hired man, call them off. The gray man turned to me and tipped his cap, and then he went away. Kind of like, you know, when the monsters are now in every single horror movie look at you and they do that turn of the head. (laughs) Just thinking. (laughs) If you are in a band, a heavy metal band specifically, Eye Full of Fish is a great name for an album. Eye Full of Fish also (laughs) sounds like a Raffi album. Yes, Eye Full of Fish. Also, it just sounds like a dead kid all covered in... Pedophiles come, but that's a whole you different never know. story. That's a whole <laughs> other <Different> album. <laughs> Technically, it's this story, actually. <laughs> but unfortunately for the O'Donnell family, the Leopold and Loeb case, which we will definitely cover in the future, pushed the O'Donnell murder off the front pages of the New York papers. I, a quick little thing. Leopold and Loeb is about two rich guys who decided to kill somebody just to prove that they could get away with it. To kill a child. They killed a child. Not because good. it's easier. Again, they, they, their bones snap easier, but that's a different story. Again, it's a different album. I don't think that's true. <laughs> They're bendable. <laughs> that is true. Now, Anna McDonald made one last plea to the city of New York. She said, 
Help us catch the monster who murdered our little boy. I'm sorry, I've been doing this wrong. It's got to be Staten Island, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so, yeah. Help us catch the monster who murdered our little boy. Yo, help us. It's got to find a green man. Oh, God. I don't know. Find a green man. <laughs> oh, God. He's the only man who's sitting only not covered in grease from a can of dog food. Everybody here wears cans of dog foods like their hats. Like it's funny yeah. kind of Heathcliff cartoon. Kind of a... Uh, what is it, uh, the Van Dyke there, Jerry Van Dyke, or the other Van Dyke? Yeah. <laughs> Despite yeah. uh, Mrs. O'Donnell's please, it would be another 10 years before Albert Fish would take the credit yeah. for the murder of Francis McDonnell. Yeah, he was just hanging around. Yeah, he was just hanging around. Well, now we're going to hmm. find out that he. this was just one of the tentpole cases inside of Albert Fish's mind. I would say like that that Francis McDonald murder is something along the lines of, of like Jeffrey Dahmer's like second kill. Yeah. I think of uh, the, Albert Fish a lot in terms of Jeffrey Dahmer, just in terms of descent into madness. Yeah, hmm. and it's very possible that Albert Fish's first murder was one of those murders that, you know, a lot of these child molesters, how they actually turn into child murderers is they'll accidentally beat the kid a little too hard. Uh, they'll leave bruises that are uh, identifiable. Uh, the kid will see their face and will say that he's going to tell. So these guys, in order to cover up they, their crimes, they murder their victims. Hmm. And it's almost positive that that's how Albert Fish started off. He started off as a molester, of course, and the sheer number of children that he molested over the years... He's going to accidentally kill someone. He's going to accidentally kill one of them at one point or another. It's not right. It's very difficult to, like, make a souffle, right? And it, sometimes <laughs> it takes many, 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 many tries to get that proper rise on the souffle. That's true. I'm not even sure what a souffle is. Oh, it's a light, beautiful dessert. Just oh, effervescent. You fold egg whites into a creme de milk. <laughs> and you do, and you just make sure you get all of it. I've been watching Great British Bake Off. Oh, and then okay. also thinking about Albert Fish at the same time. Oh, weird. And so it's all kind of going together in my mind in one. Oh, okay. That's not going to lead to a strange situation down the road. <laughs> Certainly not at a restaurant. No, not at all. <laughs> so four years after the McDonald murder, on May 25th, 1928, Edward Budd innocently placed an ad in the New York World Classified saying... Young man, 18, which is position in country, Edward Budd, 406 West 15th Street. Which nowadays is like asking to be murdered. Yeah, nowadays is just asking to be murdered. It's just like, hey, here's a live I'm a 18. strapping, yeah, boy, with <laughs> just, I just got a little bit of hair above my cock. I'm ready to work on a farm or some sort of farm. It's kind of a strange way to say it there. <laughs> and who should read that classified the following Sunday, but... Albert Fish. Now, Fish had been on the lookout for a true sacrificial victim, preferably a boy. His plan was to lure his victim out to a house in Westchester, bind the boy as Abraham had bound Isaac, mm. and cut off the boy's penis. Yeah, I don't remember God demanding that Abraham cut off the penis of Isaac. I mean, you weren't reading hard. I don't, but I don't, I just don't, I mean, I know he was supposed to kill the boy, but I don't think that God was like, and mutilate the genitals. Hey, you know, I don't, if you're kind of feeling frisky, cut off that cock there. I don't know about that part. Yeah, I think, I mean, that was, you know, that was his own little addendum to oh, it. Oh, I see. But as we uh, said in the last one, he was an Episcopalian. They were able to add things and subtract them whenever they wanted. It was a very interpretive Just sect of Christianity. It seems like he adds a lot of, like, cutting off the penis <laughs> It part. seems to be, to be honest, that, yes, his improvs yeah. are very one note. Right. <laughs> Maybe he's got to rethink it a little bit. Yeah. So Fish thought that Edward Budd might be the boy that he was looking for. 
So the day after Fish read the ad, he showed up at the Bud household under the assumed name of Frank Howard. And although to most people, Fish was a shambles of a man, to the Bud family, who spent most of their lives in the service of businessmen and financiers, Mm -hmm. he looked at the very least respectable at first glance. We could not find their specific jobs, but it seems like most jobs in New York at this time period was either respectable financier (laughs) or one of their many, 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 many servants that do various things. But it doesn't even seem like it's really the financiers. It seems like it's the dim-witted children of successful financiers. That yes. Are, that, well, that's right. the second layer of that. Yeah. Yeah. That's there's three layers. The financiers, they're half retarded, super yeah. rich children, <laughs> like yes. the Trump family. Literally, you're watching the Trump family grow Get into dumber now. and dumber and yes. dumber. And then you have the people that shine their shoes and make sure their carriages are right. just the right shade of black. I do love that Albert Fish changes his name and he's like, everyone will treat me normally now. It's very similar to what porn stars do, where they change their names, but it's like, we know everything. Yeah. We know exactly what you look like. <laughs> We still know you're a porn star. Just does. I feel like, regardless of the name, you would sense that this man is a is the is the creepy gray man who's murdering all the children. Absolutely not. In fact, it was the exact opposite. Of course, he was very respectable at first glance to Mrs. Bud, but once. Fish got inside the house. It was a little half and half. Mrs. Bug got a better look at him. She said that his suit wasn't quite as nice as she first thought it was. And when he smiled, his teeth were moldy and they protruded <gasps> from his mouth. Like like Harold Schechter said, like a kindly old rodent. Now imagine that though. Honestly, like just this the symbol like the, the symbolism of that. Mm-hmm. When you like look at kind of like Ed Gein's house where he had his rooms, but his mom's rooms were perfect, and then Jeffrey Dahmer had the altar hidden inside of his own house and Jeffrey and John Wayne Gacy had his basement is that you look at him and he's tried his best to look respectable. Yeah. He's put on yeah. a costume to show up at your house and be like I'm a normal rich man who's here to hire your fucking tawny tight little boy <laughs> to come work for me. I'm like mm, big sexy fucking corn ridden farm but instead you look and you just see his teeth are fucking green and he looks like mm-hmm. me sort of because I have the, the mustache into the half beard mm-hmm. he looks like that. Yeah. I'm the young <laughs> sexy version of Albert Fish right now. The research is still out on flossing, so maybe he actually had a really nice, healthy mouth, and we don't even know what that looks like anymore. Yeah, we maybe maybe we don't, but what, speaking to him putting on a mask, uh, Mrs. Bud said that Fish, he smiled a lot, but like a lot of other serial killers, like Ed Gein, he didn't really know how to laugh. Like Ted Cruz. <laughs> please clap. I was thinking about it. Please Jeb, clap. Jeb, Jeb. Uh, she said that instead of laughing like a human, he tightened his lips and make a noise like he was trying to clear his sinuses. Like all I could imagine. You were practicing this. Yeah. You know what? I think I'm going to try to be less funny around Marcus. You know, when, he, when he laughs, it's more like a, a car trying to start, but then. Yeah. He sounds like a man who's trying to shit his own pants. <laughs> right. <laughs> but despite Albert Fish's strange look, he did have one thing going on for him to display some semblance of wealth, a diamond pinky ring, which Ooh. showed Mrs. Bud that even though his clothes were slightly too small for him and were more than a little soiled, <laughs> he was still a man of some means. Also, that's yeah. just the Staten Island fucking diplomat's idea of like of what's <laughs> yeah. class. Exactly. Class is a big garish fucking pinky ring on him <laughs> being like, you know, I come to think about it, I don't like how he was like rooting around my son's pockets looking for change. He said, oh, it's a fun little game called, hey, I gotta check the parking meter, but I saw 
saw that nice fucking like little diamond ring on him. Mm-hmm. I gotta say, good guy. <laughs> good guy. Good guy. Good guy. So Fish went on to tell Mrs. Bud that he had been a successful interior decorator in Washington <laughs> D.C. for many years. Oh. I would have loved to see him to see Fish in the cast of Designing Women. <laughs> uh, that would have been a very fun episode. Can we cut the dirk off the black one? <laughs> I don't. <that's, laughs> my stars, my work. Delta Burke. But when Fish's eyesight started to go, he picked up his family of six, or so he said to Mrs. Bud, and bought them a farm out on Long Island. Mm. And Fish painted quite a picture of his estate, saying he had half a dozen milk cows and 300 chickens. No shit! Whoa! (laughs) In addition, he also had five farmhands and a full-time Swedish chef. And that is where Jim Henson got his inspiration. (laughs) Oh, I did not. Fernie, Fernie, Got to make them be on the sport of it. Forty master, tippity chap. Kind of looks like Albert Fish in a strange way. I oh guess. my God! What if Jim Henson really did? <laughs> what if possible. he really put some from weird, fucking underground serial killer info into the Muppets? Oh, who knows? <laughs> but unfortunately for Albert Fish, as he told in his story, his wife had left him, mm. and he needed extra help to pick up the slack. He offered Edward Bud fifteen bucks a week for his services, to which Edward agreed on the condition that his friend Willie could come along with him. Oh my, so Albert Fish is just like, mm, okay. Two for one then. gave him exactly what he wanted. You okay, Why Albert? You, yeah, you need- <laughs> how is that so funny? <laughs> <laughs> so my friend can come or? That's the funniest thing I've heard all week. <laughs> And Fish said that'd be just fine. (laughs) Even though Edward and Willie, strapping 18-year-old boys that they were. You've written the word strapping about seven times. You just, I see the boys in my head with the way you say it. Just like, it's little rowers, right? (laughs) It's little like Harvard, like rowing team boys. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're (laughs) broad-shouldered young Mm. men. They're farm boys. Or at least boys that would be at home on a farm. Like the kind of belly buttons that you could fit a little olive in. (laughs) Oh, buff. Yeah. (laughs) So... In the interval between the initial meeting and the day Fish was supposed to take the boys to his farm, Fish went to a pawn shop and bought what he would later call his implements of hell. Oh my God. A butcher's knife, a meat cleaver, and a small handsaw. And a copy of Flubber <laughs> with the late Robin Williams. Yeah. Oh, oh, the original Flubber. Yes. <laughs> and, the fo- and the following Saturday, Fish, on his way to the Bud's apartment, stopped by a newsstand and, playing the part of the feeble old man, asked the newsman to hold on to a package for him. Little did the newsman know that the package contained Fish's implements of hell. I'm going to put this out there. Okay. You hand somebody, which is just a paper-wrapped bundle. Yeah. It is obviously filled with knives. It's gotta be, (laughs) right? There's no way you can hide a bunch of hand saws in a burlap sack. That's not how that works. That man just was a classic New York I don't ask questions. Right. I don't see things yeah. or hear things. I just work at this newspaper stand. Hey, Barbara, this guy gave me something. He calls it the implements of hell, but I'm supposed to hold on to oh, it. Oh, he calls them implements of hell. The out implements loud? of hell, yeah. I he didn't kind of whisper it under his breath no, a little bit. Kind of shouted it. Actually. Wow, yeah. really? Yeah. So, um, so. hey, uh, put it out back. Oh yeah, I already did. <laughs> All right, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God, these fucking Snickers are like nine dollars a pallet. Goddamn, Dif- different times. 
<laughs> Fish, after dropping the implements of hell off with the newsman, continued on to the Bud's apartment with a carton of strawberries and a nice pot cheese for an impromptu lunch. He reportedly mm. told Mrs. Bud, It'll never taste a creamier pot cheese. I can guarantee it. But before we begin to dive in, I just, this is just an old man curiosity. I'm from Long Island. <laughs> Can I just stick my butt into the pot cheese for a second? Just because I've never done it before. And I'm kind of one of those, like, trisexuals. Like, I'll try anything once. <laughs> It's your cheese, man. It is my cheese. <laughs> I think you probably already did stick your butt in it, didn't you? <laughs> so, it's going to have already been done, so I could tell you not to stick your butt in it, but I, you're currently doing it once again. So, <laughs> But just as the Buds and Albert Fish were about to sit down to enjoy the strawberries and pot cheese, into the room walked the youngest daughter of the Bud children, Grace. Dreamweaver. I believe it can get me through the night. I think that's allowed. Is yeah. that that's allowed? Technically, that's technically just a soundtrack that in, for the parody of the moment. Yes, uh, that's actually technically allowed. you could see Albert Fish seeing Grace but for, the, like for the first time as Wayne Campbell seeing Tia Carrera yeah. with Cassandra for the first time. It was kind of like that. It was like so. a... <laughs> yep. Who's that? Oh, oh, banana, oh, yeah. And he dropped his sunglasses, right? The moon is beautiful. <laughs> Albert, Albert, snap out of it, Albert. <laughs> yeah, fish uh, was. <laughs> I'm glad I got it out now. That's good. That's the yeah. thing. We got to get it out yeah, now. You don't understand. Yeah. Literally, I'm going to be put in free speech, Dale, in about three paragraphs from yeah. now. And that is the truth. I'm supposed to remain jokeless. So I'm getting it out now. Get it out. We're all getting it out now. We have mm. to because it's about to get really fucked up. Really fucked up. So Fish was reportedly fixated on the little girl and immediately motioned for her to come sit on his knee. And in another display of supposed wealth, Fish pulled out $92.52, almost two grand in today's money, and had Grace counted out. Honestly, this is sadly honest. This is a detail that is a little bit off. Uh, This is true. He had Grace reach into his own pocket and pull out the money. He said, and that is true. He said she sat in the pocket. He's just like, reach into my pocket and see what I have. And she reached in and pulled out a wad of ninety-two dollars. And at this time period, ninety-two dollars is a fucking a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like literally, it's like me pulling a billfold out of my fucking like my nutsack and just going like, yeah, it's hot because it's rich. You know what I mean? And I dig in there for what was it? You said two grand today's yeah, money. Two grand. I dig into an old man's pocket for two grand. Of course if I got you to would. Keep it. But you yeah. do it real hard. You because as a man you have to say I would do it any which way he told me to. If, if an old man told me to take two thousand dollars pocket, I would do it. But the first thing I'd grab him real hard by his shoulder and look him in his eyes, and then just real roughly jerk around and reach around inside of his pocket. That's exactly what he would want you to do. So I think that that's a fine, strange technique. So after she counted out the money, Fish gave Little Grace Bud a dime to go buy some candy. And by the time she had returned, Fish had already made up his mind to use her for his sacrifice in. Instead of Edward Bud and his friend Willie. Fish told Edward that he would return for him later that day because in the meantime, he had to attend a birthday party for his niece. 
And just as he was about to leave, he pretended as if he was suddenly struck by the most wonderful idea. He asked the buds if they would allow Grace to come along with him. He said it would be great fun. Got a lot of balloons. Got a lot of games. It's got all the things the children Don't love. Don't do it! And Don't do it! He would return for her later that night when he came to pick up the boys. So what's the harm? There's a lot of harm in there! A lot well, of harm. See, that's the thing. Everyone, all of us, there's a chorus out there. People that are horrified yelling, don't do it. But... Things were much different in 1928 than they are now. They were more easygoing. Yeah, no, they no, really were. They were. Kids were allowed to roam free. Uh, this whole, like, the idea of stranger danger would have been a foreign concept to any of these people. For example, the Francis McDonald murder. Take that. A neighbor actually witnessed Albert Fish in all of his gray man glory closely follow Francis McDonald into the woods where he would murder him soon after. It's it, true because they also believe that because he was an old man, there was still a reference for old people like they yeah, say right. they old man and they, obviously we know now that they cannot be trusted and should technically be eliminated and <laughs> turned into food for the poor but okay. this old man was like he was viewed as very genteel and sweet yeah because yeah. he just seemed well, like no, no one, harm because he yeah. seemed very small and slight and scared and shabby yes and much like trying to tell sell a television show it's easier to say no once you're like that person's a creep who's about to murder that daughter or murder that girl you've got to go into action and I think most people just want to like the movie It shut their curtains and go back to watching uh, or playing Rummy whatever the exactly. hell they did exactly it's a much 1920s. easier day than hunting down a serial, a serial killer right. yeah. I mean for us it would be super fun oh I'd love to do it yeah I, oh I follow people constantly <laughs> if I knew an old man killed a little girl I would have so much fun cat and mousing him oh yeah <laughs> Dressing up like a little girl. Yeah. <laughs> mm, just all alone Henry, out here. Henry, shake it more. Man, I heard that my pussy opened up yesterday. <laughs> That's what the doctor told me. Marcus. Yeah, is this realistic? That's good. Yeah. Come get me. All right, Marcus, hit him with the club. Awesome, sugar. Oh, no. Get, get him. Get him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Officer, I actually don't know Marcus or Henry. And I, I, I thought what they did was to that man was terrible. <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> That's harsh, harsh, man. That's That's we're killing innocent old man because Henry Henny Bonnie bought him. Uh, yeah, hell yeah. Well, the other reason why the buds were very trusting of uh, Albert Fitch was because he looked like he was a, a higher class than them. Mm. He appeared by all measures to be a wealthy man. Uh, and, of course, they also, they just didn't want to offend him. But and we they actually, didn't want to ruin their yeah. son's chances of getting a job. Because right. the one thing we compressed here for time's sake is that Albert Fish actually did this over two two or three weeks. Where Albert Fish first came and interviewed the boys and then left. He saw Grace Bud and then left and came back. And that's when he got his implements of hell. He made up his plan to come Grace and come back. But what he also did was kind of toe the line a little bit. He made them appear as if he wasn't going to show back up. He wrote letters. He said, I, mean, I, have, I have shit to take care of in Long Island, mm. which normally means there's sausages and peppers that are going to burn on the stove. Fucking yeah. Long Island. And so he went and had he came back, and so that he created the tension of being like, well, now you kind of have to please me because I'm here, and if you don't d jump right now at this opportunity, I won't hire your son. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, speaking of that, the great tragedy of all this is that the Buds might have lost a child either way. 
If they wouldn't have let Grace go, Fish would have returned that evening, collected their son Edward, and possibly murdered him in the same house that he murdered Grace Bud. Mm. But he was worried about having the two strapping young boys because yeah. he was afraid about how that's a lot of boy to handle. Yeah, but he was going to make it work. I mean, he had a plan. It was a make it work moment, like they say in um, Project Runway. <laughs> that's right. Make it work. <laughs> now, the information that is about to follow is, I believe, the closest to the truth that Albert Fish ever told about his crimes. All of this comes from the confession he gave directly after his arrest. Mm. And the reason why I think this is true is because it is the only claim that Albert Fish ever made that is backed up by actual forensic evidence. Well, this is the first mm. time they found the body. They found the remains. They walked with him. He went through the crime scene. He went piece by piece by piece. And he said that this all happened here. There was blood stains still on the house when they went there. So it was all backed up. And everything mm. else, I think he just got a boner from. And he's still not, not, don't get me wrong, he still got a boner from this as well. Mm -hmm. But this is, this is the truth. Before yeah. we get into it, though, can I just ask, did they eat the butt cheese? Do you think they finished it? The pot of course cheese? they ate yeah. the pot yeah. cheese. It was a gift from a very rich man. He had a okay. pinky ring. Yeah, strawberries and pot cheese. <laughs> okay, that was just a happy moment before we get into the <laughs> disgusting details. Yeah, this yeah. is going to be fucked up, guys. Yeah. So I hope you guys are at work. Is this a star <laughs> moment? This is this is where the star moment begins. If you're at work, I would say if someone comes to me like, where's the TPS reports? Be like... Grace Bud was fucking quartered in an old man's house. Yes. <laughs> yeah, just get it. If you have your earphones plugged into the uh, computer at your desk, yank just em. make sure. No, I, don't, I was going to say duct tape them in there. Yank them. If you want to leave that job, yank them. Yeah. If you want to leave the job, yes. So after picking up his implements of hell from the newsman. Oh, yeah, here's your bunch of knives. <laughs> I'm sorry I didn't use the fucking cold word. Fish and Grace walked to a train station where Fish bought two tickets to Westchester, a round trip for himself, and a one-way ticket for Grace. Always a bad sign. Terrible, yeah. Always. And when the two got off the train 45 minutes later, Grace, in possibly the most heartbreaking moment of this entire story, noticed that Fish had left his package containing his implements on the train and actually went back inside the car to fetch them herself. The two then walked up a road to a secluded, dilapidated cabin known to locals as Wisteria Cottage. And judging from the pictures that I've seen, this place is straight out of a nightmare. It's literally what you would say. It says here, it's the archetype of a creepy abandoned house. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like exactly what you imagine where you would go to murder a little girl. It's it's it is it's terrifying looking. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he loved it there. Yeah. Well, obviously. Yeah. The wallpaper was peeling and yellow. The floor was just covered in rat shit. And the windows were so dirty that it was almost impossible to see out of them. It was almost like it was a nice house until Albert Fish got there and then he redecorated it to look <laughs> like that. Yes. Yeah. And while we always imagine things like this to happen at night, it was only three in the afternoon when the horror began. Even though the house itself was the definition of creepy, the front yard was covered in wildflowers. Fish told Grace to play outside while he went into the house to fetch something for the party. Fish walked up to the second floor bedroom, neatly laid out his butcher knife, his meat cleaver, and his handsaw on the bed one by one, took off his clothes, and called Grace upstairs. And as the little girl reached the landing on the second floor, Albert emerged from the bedroom completely nude and chased her down the stairs, grabbing her by the throat before she reached the bottom. 
Taking her by the neck, he dragged her back into the bedroom and pinned her down on the canvas painting tarp he'd laid on the floor and pressed his knee to her chest as he strangled her to death. And after he was sure she was dead, he lifted her head and rested it on the rim of a five-gallon paint can. He then reached over to the bed, grabbed the butcher's knife, and carefully cut off her head, trying to catch as much blood as he could in the paint can. And after the neck had been drained of blood, Fish took the can, walked over to the same window he'd called out to Grace from earlier, and dumped it out in the front yard. He then walked back over to the body and began to dismember it. He cut through the stomach with the butcher's knife until he reached the spine, at which point he used the small handsaw to cut through the bone until he had chopped the body in two. And still... Fully nude, he took the head to the outhouse and almost dropped it in the hole, but instead wrapped it up in some old newspapers that had been lying on the floor and left it there. He returned to the house, went back upstairs, and picked up the two halves of the body and propped them up in a corner of the room next to the closet and opened the closet door to hide the body from his sight. His hands were covered in blood, but the house had no running water, so he went back outside and scrubbed his hands clean with handfuls of grass. He then went back upstairs, wrapped up his implements, got dressed, and left a little over an hour after the two had arrived. Just another normal Staten Island afternoon <laughs> for Elbert Fish, apparently. Oh, he just let that happen. Yeah. Well, in the previous, so she was uh, deceased before the dismemberment. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. He yeah. did that quick. But because, again, what we remember is that the the death was a, a part of the process. Yeah. He was also surprised that it was a little girl and not a little boy because his dem- yeah. his insanity at that point was so, <clears throat> so outrageous. He had kind of fit Grace Bud into his sacrificial world in his head and then and then just kind of, kind of kept going with it but the whole yeah. point was to get the body almost but uh, did he did he like uh, jerk off or anything I mean, no this, he was obvi- he obviously had a sexual he, he had was, a sexual, yeah, so reaction. All sexual in, right in his confession he did say that he was fully erect the entire time I yeah. think you know I think he had a Spider-Man moment, but that's only because what do you I mean know a Spider-Man him. moment. You, don't, you know exactly what he means by Spider-Man. <laughs> I don't moment. know. Of course, you know what he means by Spider-Man. Shut oh, Spider-Man. How the hell am I supposed to know? A, I actually pictured uh, that beautiful girl lowering herself down, upside down, and Spider-Man kissing her. Disgusting. You're thinking of Kirsten Dunst? Dunst? That's, that's, that's a Spider-Man this? moment. No, when I think of a Spider-Man moment, I think of a romantic scene Arrested in the movie Spider-Man. Citizens arrest. No, you're the pervert. I didn't think of an old. Man shooting webs from his cock. I thought of a nice scene from a movie. <laughs> That's a Spider-Man Citizen's moment. arrest. <laughs> oh, good lord! So four days after the murder, Albert Fish came back. This is, as taken from the notes of the detective who took his confession, what he did on the day he came back to the site of the Grace Bud murder. I took the body and the legs out from behind the door. The legs were so stiff; they were as stiff as a board. I threw them out the window onto the lawn and carried the torso out, picking up the legs as I passed over the lawn and went to the stone wall in the back of the house. I laid the body and the legs as they would be in life behind this stone wall. I then went to the outhouse and got the head. It was all stiff, the hair was all clotted. I brought the head up and placed the head on the body just as it would be in life. The head, the torso... And the legs. And during this mm. whole confession, he spoke in that same 
bored monotone that we hear mm. over and over again during serial killer confessions. I'm like, if you've ever heard Dennis Rader, the yeah, BTK yeah. killers, if mm. you ever heard Dennis Rader's courtroom confession, you, he could not be more bored talking oh, about this stuff. It's one of the most disturbing things I've ever heard in my life. Well, he talks to the, the children of the victims, of, of the victims of uh, the ch- whatever. The children of the victims, and he he relates to them. He's like, I'm I'm roughly the the age of your mother now, like all that stuff. Dennis all Ritter. this fucking shit yeah, is a piece so of bad. shit. But it's also it's the uh, classic compartmentalization where they sort of become another person. They yeah. say when they're doing it that that it was somebody else who was doing it, and that they're kind of off to the side because they're sociopaths, nays, psychopaths. So yeah. they don't really understand. And he's like, no, buddy, you did it. And yeah. that's what's so frustrating because you want to scream at them, you at, at them, you want to like get your revenge, but there is no revenge to get because they don't feel your pain they don't yeah. feel they can't feel your pain right. they literally can't if you want them to yeah yeah so fish eventually buried the body behind the house where it would not be discovered until he led police to it six years later and remember this is not a six years on the run type of situation no he sat in a dirty old tenement house fucking masturbating and spanking himself for six yeah. years 1928 is when the paddles with the nails sticking out began 1928 is when the needles began the murder of grace Bud marks the beginning of Fish's golden years of self-punishment. So he was kind of, he probably whipped himself for a long time, because I think yeah. that's classic Christian. And he did other things. He liked this weird sexual perversities. He had a religious proclivity. He was like, he was a public masturbator. He was a child molester. But it wasn't until he murdered Grace Bud that he really started hurting himself really, really badly. Yeah, so that's where the, the the pain would really start mm. when he would become a pincushion to himself. Yeah, mm. absolutely. So what was it about Grace Bud that pushed him over the edge? Why not Francis McDonald? Why not Billy Gaffney or the hundreds of children that he molested or the dozens of other boys he very well could have murdered? I think that it was because Grace was a girl. I true. I actually mm. fully believe that because he had a really good relationship with his daughters and if, I think what you say true is that he had crossed some sort of line. Yeah, some, something in mm. his head said that for some reason this is what when he went too far. I think the most likely explanation is that Albert Fish just couldn't justify the murder of Grace Bud. With the boys, he could fit the murders uh, perfectly in his whole Abraham and Isaac story, mm-hmm. that he was sacrificing these boys in the name of God. And if an angel yeah. was going to stop him, it would stop him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, obviously they did something bad enough for him to kill them for the angel not come and stop them, so it works. And that's why, But the castration thing is a whole other side plot that's a side quest yeah. of his life <laughs> sure so he's yeah. sort of got a he's, you know it's, we're roughly in first wave feminism here uh, maybe he's reading some in literature something so like you're that you've seen he's being a Paul Feig I have no idea <laughs> I mean maybe he, he obviously has some sympathy somewhere no I just think he's just it's a weird thing is that girls are precious and shouldn't be hurt and boys are dirty little little things yeah Grace Bud didn't fit into right. his whole Abraham Isaac situation he even he tried to shoehorn it in there he right. tried He tried justifying it to himself, saying that the head chopping was actually a substitute for the penis chopping. But that's like putting low-fat mayonnaise into a tuna salad instead of normal-fat mayonnaise. (laughs) I actually like low-fat mayonnaise. I like its zing. Hmm. It doesn't have any zing. That's Miracle a, Whip. Now, Miracle Whip that's has low zing. That's low-fat mayonnaise that's in just, my That's a very no, specific not. taste, Absolutely though. It's not, not the same thing as low-fat mayonnaise. No, it's it's low-fat mayonnaise. That's a salad dressing. Either way, it's it's not a substitute for <laughs> chopping off a penis. No, that's not. 
That's true. <laughs> yeah, but even that was too far of a stretch for Albert Fish. He just could. He had a twisted mind, yes, but he could not twist it enough to justify the murder of Grace Budd. Furthermore, when Fish was finally caught, reporters tracked down his son, Albert Fish Jr., who, by the way, was not the least bit surprised to discover his dad was involved in the abduction and brutal murder of a little girl. Because then it's like, yeah, of course, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah, he was working up to that. He's yeah. been talking about right. that for a while. I mean, yeah. theoretically, you're, you name your child a junior and you make your child a junior so they can carry on a family legacy. Albert Fish Jr., <sighs> man, you got to change that name. Yeah, you got to <laughs> change not- yourself into a Randolph Hershey and start the Hershey <laughs> Chocolate Company. That's right. Yeah, I mean, and Albert Fish Jr., not surprised at all, uh, but when the reporters told Albert Jr. the name of the victim, Jr. said that Grace Bud was the name his father used to scream out oh. almost every night in his sleep. That's got to be a way to wake up. It's got to be a way to wake up. Your own father mournfully screaming the name of a little girl at night. Yeah. It's a bad alarm. (laughs) Well, I mean, it must have been an interesting moment when everything came together for Albert Fish Jr. He doesn't know who Grace Budd is. Yes, he does. Oh, he he did know who Grace Budd was. Yeah, because it's publicized all over the last six years. Well, then why didn't he turn his father in a bit earlier when he woke up in hot sweats, in cold sweats, screaming Grace Budd? That's the question. World, the life is life's full of mysteries. Lock up <laughs> Albert Fish Jr. He's dead. <laughs> well, now he is. Yeah, I mean, gr- the Grace Bud case was huge. It was gigantic because uh, there was kind of this whole uh, kidnapping hysteria. Because you had what the the uh, Lindberger baby. Yeah, <laughs> what's the name? The Lindbergh baby. Ah, uh, yes, yes. There were like four big cases. There was a Lindbergh baby and a couple of others. It was actually such a big deal that the New York Times uh, they started calling it the Snatch Racket. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Snatch racket has a double meaning. Yeah. We're not even going to get into that. Because now Miley Cyrus is in charge of that. Oh, right. Well, leave. I, I'm so pro Miley. I'm so pro Miley. I love Miley. By Rocky the way, listen ball. to Henry on page seven this week. <laughs> oh, is that right? Yeah, it's Jackie's birthday. Jackie birthday edition. Isn't that nice? Yeah, page, it's wonderful. She's page... 52 years old. <laughs> not bad. Miley? No, Jackie. Oh, she looks great. <laughs> yeah, but Grace Bud, out of all of them, she was the most disturbing because there was a, no motive for Grace Bud. All right. the rest of them, there was a financial motive for it. You know, there was always a ransom note. But with Grace Bud, she just disappeared. And not only did she disappear, right. but she disappeared with a kindly old man. Man, the type of person that you're supposed to trust. Never I mean, trust. I, I, this kindly old man description is wearing on me a bit. He was a man in a weathered suit who smelled like piss. They just who, don't know. How, they didn't know how to describe a piss-soaked old man. They couldn't disgusting say Disgusting old term. creep? Yeah, that's what you'd say. You'd say a creepster. I think a creepster's <laughs> a good one. A twisted old fat perverted fuck no, no. is what you probably sure. could have called him. No, he's skinny. He was super skinny. Yeah, he, he was, was skinny. skinny. Skinny fuck. Skinny fuck would work. Um, but Marcus, yeah. why didn't Grace Bud's parents just put the two and two together? I just don't get how Fish was able to just go away because for he disappeared. Because he gave him a fake name. He mm. gave him a fake address. He showed up and he just disappeared. He went. Oh, there's no. There's no internet. You just go yeah, right. away. And yeah. so now yeah. you're looking at, and that's what people were so terrified. Also about this that these people were openly asking for ransoms. It was like gangsters were taking other gangsters' kids and asking for money. They were doing all this stuff. Like this was the first one to become huge and famous that had no ransom letter. Mm. Obviously, she was murdered. Yeah. And no one wanted to talk about it because there was this hope. 
hope because the newspapers are trying to drive saying that there's going to be a new opening like there's going to be new information on the case because they want to sell newspapers but in the end they were like everybody knew that she was dead. Yeah, maybe she's going to show up with a bunch of great uh, goods from Britain and turns out well, she was abducted she, by no, royalty no, and she yeah. had a wonderful time. Literally, yeah. I turned to a Lindsay Lohan childhood film. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There actually was a news story that came out. There was a picture taken of uh, a bunch of girls and a bunch of sailors and somebody actually zoomed in on one of the pictures of the girls and like, is this Grace Bud? No! <laughs> absolutely <laughs> not. Was, absolutely not when Grace is, Bud. Has the news ever done anything good? Well, that's where... Um, <laughs> it's, just, it's a disgusting racket. That yeah. pay, that. That article that he is talking about is the article that Albert Fish saw in the newspaper that made him think to write the letter to the Bud family. That is actually what they did. Wow. Yeah. When that newspaper thing came out, he saw that they put the address of the hmm. Bud family in it saying that oh, they still nice live where they were. Oh, is it nice? Yeah. And then he wrote nice. the letter that got him caught. Yeah. And actually, that was a part of a ruse that was put together okay. by the man who finally caught Albert Fish, William F. King deserves to go down as one of yes. the super cops who did the best he could with the evidence he had. He became cool. obsessed with the case because he also had a little girl. He's one of these mm-hmm. stories of like, it's like the, this kind of cop that they make stories about, like like TV shows about. Sure. And he was just like, I will catch this guy. I'm yeah. going to get this guy. He he was ambitious, which right. a part of it would fuel him is that he wanted to climb the ranks. He wanted his names in the newspapers. But sometimes that, it's kind of like being, being a big sports star, being like, I want to be famous for catching this guy. So I'm going to put it all on the line. Sort of a yeah. John Walsh type. Yes. Yeah. Very similar yeah. to a John Walsh type. He was very visible in the news. Right. And he was go. He was going to go find him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he spent six years looking for him. He arrested and seriously questioned dozens of suspects. But he even spent two years chasing just one dude that he thought might know something about the case because it was the only lead that he had. Because I mean, he went after point- the Frank. He went after the real Frank Howard, who turned out to be a con man. There was a couple other names, oh, fake I names. See. That were attached to Albert Fish over the years that he investigated. But he actually busted like three other weird crimes, like a couple of con man jobs, Mm -hmm. this one Larson job, another murder case, all while bust going after Albert Fish. There's somebody who constantly uses my debit card when on a flight, on a JetBlue flight to Utah, <laughs> and I always have to get my card to, uh, <laughs> stopped and then get a new one, and that bothers me. They're kind of taking my identity, but you you can imagine that's someone taking row. your identity. That's party Somebody's row. Somebody's doing they, party they are row, doing party on, row you. Yeah. on my card, and if they, if they do tell me it's for party row, I will let them have the money. <laughs> um, but uh, if, you, if you do get your identity taken or your name taken, at the very least you want it to be not from somebody who has committed serial rape and serial murder and killed have uh, one of the most infamous murders in the in the history of the country. I definitely, if I could vote, I would vote against that. I would vote against <laughs> it. Or you flip it, you take the name Albert Fish and do good. Yeah. <laughs> Still, is though. Is that good? I don't know. I don't think so. How do think you make you everything do okay? I should start the, uh, the, uh, the, orphan, the Albert Fish orphanage for unloved children. Yes. But it's then, very, very sweet. Yes. And just paddles is just sweet. Like, uh, I bring out the paddles and put cupcakes on them. <laughs> oh, and serve, serve them. Around. Yes, and little sliders at lunch. <laughs> yeah. But after those six years, King never gave up, never surrendered. Good. And his most clever plan was... The newspaper plan. Mm. There was uh, the plant as far as the the sailor picture. That was a plant. Another plant that he did uh, to try to ferret out the real killer was to put a fake notice in the New York Daily Mirror gossip column that brought Fish out of hiding. 
Famed gossip columnist Walter Winchell wrote on his column on Broadway, I checked on the Grace Bud mystery. She was eight when she was kidnapped about six years ago, and it is safe to tell you that the Department of Missing Persons will break the case, or they expect to, in four weeks. One could also argue, why am I writing about this? I'm on Broadway and shouldn't be discussing ongoing criminal investigations. Tell me more about cats, you ask? It's the summer special. It's a musical about talking cats. Anyway, back to Grace Bud, the brutal murder. I heard they cut off her vagina. Hmm. Back to cats. <laughs> Ten days after that notice was written in the Daily Mirror, Albert Fish wrote the infamous Grace Bud letter. Now, anyone with even a passing fascination with serial killers has read this at some point. Nevertheless, here it is once again in part. On Sunday, June the 3rd, 1928, I called on you at 406 West 15th Street. Brought you pot cheese, strawberries. We had lunch. Grace sat in my lap and kissed me. I made up my mind to eat her. On the pretense of taking her to a party, you said yes, she could go. I took her to an empty house in Westchester. I had already picked out. When we got there, I told her to remain outside. She picked wildflowers. I went upstairs and stripped all my clothes off. I knew if I did not, I would get her blood on them. When I was all ready, I went to the window and called her. Then I hid in a closet until she was in the room. When she saw me all naked, she began to cry and tried to run down the stairs. I grabbed her, and she said she would tell her mama. First, I stripped her naked. How she did kick, bite, and scratch. I choked her to death, then cut her in small pieces so I could take my meat to my rooms. Cook and eat. How sweet and tender her little ass was roasted in the oven. It took me nine days to eat her entire body. I did not fuck her, though. I could have if I had I wished it. She died a virgin. Now, thankfully, Mrs. Bud was illiterate. Mm. God, uh, the only Christ. time that ever saved a life. That <laughs> yeah, is nice. Thank Christ. Yeah. yeah, she was illiterate. Unfortunately, Edward Bud was not her older brother. The boy, the one who had originally... Had to read everything. The boy who originally had put in mm. the ad uh, that brought Albert Fish to their home was the one who received and read the letter. Yeah, because you've mm. just been trolled for years by people writing shitty letters to them. Yeah, I mean, it's been mm. years and years, but when Edward Budd read this letter, he called up Detective King and said, I think this is something, I think this is real. King read the letter and he was like, holy shit, yeah, th I think this is actually something true. He thought, okay, finally, yeah. a clue, something to go on. I mean, an incredible police work. This is amazing police you, work. You, you, the thing that would lead the police to fish, it wasn't the letter, but it was the envelope that the letter was in. Yeah, it was stamped mm. on the back was an emblem with the initials NYPCBA, a.k.a. the New York Private Chauffeurs Benevolent Association. Hmm. Very similar, again, going back to BTK, what happened with him and how they were identified. They identified him through the fingerprint of his uh, floppy disk. 
Yeah. Very dumb. <laughs> Very dumb <laughs> way to get caught. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So the envelope was eventually traced to a boarding house at 200 East 52nd Street. Detective King gave a description of Frank Howard to the landlady who said it perfectly matched a boarder named Albert Fish mm. who had moved out only days before. Who was the boarder that testified in the trial that said he left the little mess behind him. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. he led because she had so she had reason to remember him. Yeah. And as another little side note, it is worth noting that the address where Fish wrote the Grace Bud letter describing cannibalism is now no shit the site of an edible arrangements franchise. Well, that's not good for them. They should have thought that. They should have rethought about building a little business there. Technically, uh, uh, Albert Fish's visit to the Bud House was sort of a edible arrangement. It kind of was. We'll let it slide. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Yes. <laughs> Feel good. <laughs> well, anyway, even though Fish no longer lived at that address, he was still due to pick up a check sent from his son. And when Fish returned to pick up the check, the landlady called Detective King, who told her to stall Fish until he got there. Hmm. Just wonder how she stalled him. <laughs> well, that's what I was kind of thinking too. Like, what do you uh, like? What do you do yeah. to to keep it, a man's attention like that? She's yeah. like, uh, you want to spank yourself with this newspaper? Yeah, I, I got some cheese. You want to? <laughs> Put your butt in it. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I got, detective, I got him laughing. Get over here quickly. <laughs> when King arrived, he found Fish sitting in a furnished room, sipping from a teacup. King closed the door behind him, and Fish, sensing that this was the end, pulled a razor from his pocket and held it out in front of him. Mm. King quickly took the old man to the ground and arrested Albert Fish six years after the investigation began. Can you believe? Can you feel the same satisfaction? That's you beating the old man to death with a hammer. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. is a fun thing. Yeah, it's the fun thing. Yeah, just be able to grab Albert Fish because he's a tiny little old man. Yeah. Being able to just manhandle him and smash his face against the table and yeah. shit like that. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. Yeah, and he reportedly, when he got him down to the ground and pushed his face into the floor, he yelled at him, I've got you now! <laughs> That's fun. But do we know that he pulled the razor from his pocket and not from another orphan? <laughs> from his fucking penis? Because he is full of weapons, oh, technically. Oh, yeah, he's the most dangerous man in the world. It's like those, yeah. like, the when you see in the comedy movies where guys going into jail and they leave the piles of their weapons. Yeah. And just him pulling needles out of his penis. I mean, not to be too comical with it, but can you imagine him trying to go through the TSA? Tell oh. me about it. Oh, oh my what God. What a nightmare. God. Oh, my it's like, God, <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of red lights going off there. A lot of there. red lights. Can't fly. I got a metal plate in my head. Remember that? That's yeah. a John Candy movie there. See, the weird thing about the interrogation that King did after he captured Albert Fish, he never mentioned the cannibalism once. He never asked him about it at all. And Fish never offered up any information about the cannibalism. Hmm. He never brought it up until it was time to plead insanity. Now, I actually wonder, because I know you say here, you wonder if that it's just he just brought it up because it made people horny. They made him horny yeah. to watch people upset that he brings it up. I don't think he uh, ate her. I actually don't know. The only reason why I don't know is because we've seen it happen so often with people like Jeffrey Dahmer. I know that even Dennis Rader even said he contemplated <clears throat> it. Certain shit where it's like you look at stuff when you were you, Jeffrey Dahmer's rise was only five years about. It was like mm -hmm. 87 to 91, 92, right? That's when he got caught, right? Well, yeah, same years that Guns N' Roses were big. And what a great appetite for destruction. Appetite for destruction. Great. And the spaghetti incident. Oh, that always yes. made me hungry, that Chinese cover. Chinese democracy. That was not a good That's one. Later That's, on. No, that that was later on. That was later So think about it. So he had five years to grow to that point of fascination and boredom with his own actions. Yeah. I think Albert Fish, it, it, it fits 
the world of serial killer mythos and and the mm. way they go and that he could have not probably done the full put bacon on the butt and baked it kind of thing but he could have probably eaten bits of her just because he was trying to get something out of doing this he could have, but it also his confession seemed to escalate over time. It's because true. Because he first, the first hmm. time that he talked about it, he didn't mention any cannibalism at all. Then the next time that he talked about it, he said that he took the paint can full of her blood and tried to drink it, but it was <laughs> too <laughs> thick. Uh, too thick and too gross, even for him. And then eventually it started to come, it's like, yes, and, and then he started giving out recipes and shit like that. Yeah, right. I can see, I could see that could maybe be a, a, an issue. However... There's also the raw meat story. Yes. Albert Jr. said that whenever the moon was full, he said that a wild look would come over his father's eyes. His face would turn red and he would demand raw steak for dinner. And he would make Albert Jr. eat it raw, too. He'd yeah, say, he, he said that I was true. It. He said that they ate yeah. they ate raw steak a lot. Like, it yeah. happened a lot. And then, so it's like he obviously was building up some sort of appetite for himself. I also think there's shame in there. I think that when it comes in cannibalism, because we talk about the, the guilt he felt about Grace Bud. I think in their own weird fucked up way, it's like this shameful thing he doesn't really want to talk about because it shows how fucked up he is until he saw that he could get off from because that was they're talking about the whole time he's like please 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 is like put me in jail I deserve it but somewhere in the middle he's like get me out of here like yeah. he's like he was ready to be free again because mm-hmm. he just couldn't get diddled enough oh yeah yeah, yeah absolutely and uh, you know a weird thing a little maybe this is a coincidence maybe it isn't but the weather bureau checked the records and found that the moon was at its fullest that month on June 3rd 1928 the same day mm. that Albert Fish murdered Grace Bud God damn kind of a little bit of a, a bit of a werewolf type thank you they yes. did call him the werewolf of wisteria but they give him too we got to stop giving these serial killers cool names no they I mean, need you know, cool they, names they yeah, need cool yeah, names after, I think he should be called the dumpy fuckhead from fucking <laughs> shitville no way dude you know what they called him after this story came out the moon maniac these are all great names for a band again. That's Moon Maniac right. does sound like a Dire Straits album name. Nah, it's a, just a name for an awesome DJ. <laughs> Moon Maniac. Uh, yeah, 97.3, we're here with Moon oh, 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 oh. Maniac. It's always midnight. <laughs> <laughs> now, Fish, despite the best efforts of his attorneys and the psychology experts who were swayed more by the needles than anything else, was declared sane and was sentenced to death by electric chair. Because remember mm. this point, because we didn't go through the whole trial because it's not, it's hard to go through. But the, these people heard testimony that is unlike anything anybody in this time yeah. period had heard before. It's 1934. They're hearing about shit eating. They're hearing about piss drinking. They're hearing about cannibalism. You're hearing about molestation, ca- chopping the penis off little boys. These people were shell shocked. And by the mm-hmm. end, like you could maybe have said he was insane. By the end, I think they were like, kill it. Yeah. Well, actually, yeah. Dr. Frederick Wortham, uh, who heard most of it, who got the brunt of it, he did not believe he should be uh, executed. Yes. He said yes. that he was that he was insane because he was the one that said uh, he was skeptical until he saw the x-ray of the needles, and he was like, oh, no, this guy's fucking nuts. That's what I'm thinking. I mean, no. how does this he evidence point right. to anything other than insane? Because I mean, even Hinckley got off, and he tried to kill a U.S. president. Insane is different than being... The whole point is that you're supposed to be competent yeah. for trial. That he knew that... He's was sitting on a wrong. pile of needles but, inside of his own body. But he also hid the body. If he walked down the 
street with Gray Spud's head on his head guard. I'm like, oh, I've got a new hat. I'm the Queen of England. <laughs> then you, then the man's yeah, insane. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think he's insane. Now, yes, he's obviously not. I mean, I don't know. Doing yeah, great. In, insane is not a clinical term. Insane is a legal term. Well, he's uh, insane in the brain. Uh, insane in the membrane. It's called Thank the monoton rule. Monoton. Yeah, the monoton yeah. rule. Is that if he if he is found to be uh, held unculpable for his actions at the time of the if he did not know the difference between right and wrong at the time of the crime, then he can be found legally insane. But legally insane is also something that's decided by a jury. It's not decided yeah. by it's not guilty by reason of insanity. For, yes. for some reason, I can't stop thinking about the jury of just like the intro to each day, Alfred Hitchcock just like walks in front of the jury and, and today's <laughs> tale. And it, oh no, that's horrible. the Pink Panther thing. Moses. <laughs> that would work too. Just he just gets hard. What, um, a, well, they what say, a horror movie these people watch. Absolutely, but and then on death row they said the problems with him that he would keep, they would keep finding him choking himself and masturbating and he also had a habit that they would read scripture out loud to everyone. They would do Sunday Mass Ugh. and they would make him so violently horny he would jerk off to culmination in front of the guards until they would just beat him. Yeah, and they also And they loved it. <laughs> he loved it. I know, that's the whole problem with the guy. Yeah, and they had to debone every single piece of meat that they gave him because if it had a bone inside it, he would take it out and he would just start slicing into his chest with it. Wow. He loved it. Now Improviser. We, oh, <laughs> yeah. And he was, of course, sentenced to death by electric chair. And we all know Fish's words upon hearing his mm. sentence. He said, What a thrill that will be. If I have to die in the electric chair, it will be the supreme thrill. The only one I haven't tried. But what most people mm. don't know is the second part. But it wasn't the right verdict. I'm not really saying, you know. <laughs> <laughs> he really said that. Yes. He did. Yeah, yeah. He's like, it was. A, I'm real. I'm not real. I'm really not very good well, upstairs. I don't know if you could tell. <laughs> I, I can tell. And if I was on that jury, I would uh, recommend uh, insanity. But well, does anybody have a cactus I could put inside me? <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, what Wortham said is that we should actually keep him alive so we can study him uh, yeah. because this is such an insane he because that's what he said he said that uh the mind of albert fish said that like a child he was like a child like a child will hurt a cockroach not knowing what he's doing yes. uh, a child does not know the difference between a man and a woman Ooh. a child will play with feces and urine not knowing what they are but wortham said that Albert Fish is the only person that he has ever seen that held this mindset to the age of 65 years old. Yes, and he also, I mean, hmm. calling it the peewee and the monkeys and all that yeah. stuff, all the weird childish, talking about pee-pee and saying all that stuff, it's like he was very childish. It's like the example of having your sexuality frozen when you're 11 mm. years old. Well, it's interesting yeah. because technically he's also PG-13. Which is kind of uh, his his, uh, his his dialogue could be on television today. Actually, actually fuck, dude, you're totally God, right. Wow, yeah, yeah, he's totally he's appropriate <laughs> for NBC. He's Saturday AM programming. Oh. <laughs> Saturday morning. That's it. And, oh, and his last words were, "I don't even know why I'm here." <laughs> You wonder if he did. <laughs> yeah, that's what he was uh, executed on January 16th, 1936. You yeah. know, it was a routine execution. There's always those rumors uh, that say that his uh, needles set off sparks in right, the electric right. chair. Not true at all. He died just like any other creepy old fuck. Yeah, yep. just torched. Like he wanted to be. That's and right. And then he did want to be that, but he's fine. But at the same time, it's fine. Because he's, it is fine that he's dead. I I'm agree, glad Henry. He I'm, I'm glad not they mourning just the him. loss of Albert Fish. To no, be honest, I'm glad they killed him. 
Yeah, I'm well, glad they did it. Well, I'm be glad he's dead. About that. Please, Henry, be honest. I don't it. mean to be. It's like it's like one of those weird things. I'm like one of those guys that it's like I have yeah. like I'm, I like to be weird. I'm kind of I'm a contrarian. I like when girls are awake when I have sex with them, and I and <laughs> yeah. I like that Albert Fish was was killed by the electric chair. Uh, yes, yeah. I do believe that he was completely insane. But yes, yes, he was very very, very 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 uh, deeply, I'm happy deeply he's dead. ill. That's yeah. for sure. He was disturbed. Yeah, didn't know. Did the media show up to cover the uh, the execution, of or was it relatively quiet? Absolutely, the media yeah. showed up, and the night that he was executed they went to the bud household and knocked on their door in the middle of the night uh how you feel (laughs) yeah they did they went they went up they uh, mrs bud opened the door uh and they told her albert fish has been executed how do you feel she just stared at him and then closed the door how the fuck do you think i feel dickhead (laughs) Uh, i love it i am the happiest i've ever been i mean it's fine but you get the feeling fish didn't seem to care no, even with even on the even on his death stool, he didn't even care about uh, himself enough to feel um, like he was going through. He was about to die. Yeah, I no, don't you, even he know was, why I'm here. He's a he's a maniac. Yeah. He was a maniac. Wow. He's dead now. And now Thank he's God. doing horrible things in heaven because he probably said, oh, please forgive me at the very end. And now he's up there with fucking Michael Jackson and Beethoven well, having a great time. Definitely a true believer. <laughs> yeah. That's for sure. Man. Yeah, what if heaven is nothing but the worst of Oh, absolutely. Like, God. What? Oh, God. Ugh. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ugh. There's a great Kurt Vonnegut play about that. Happy birthday, Wanda June. Oh, there oh, we go. Man, Check it's that very out. good. Um, all right. Well, Albert Fish, one, two, and three. Yeah. That's the that's the full story from our perspective. Oof. Thank you so much for listening. Yeah. I feel good though. I feel very good. He's dead. The, the boogeyman is dead. I know it's supposed to be, you know, like it's of course it's disgusting, but I also feel expressed. Yeah. I feel I've expressed myself today. <laughs> well, I think we've exercised the demon that is Albert Fish. Every want every serial killer we cover on this show is officially weaker than when we uh than previously. Absolutely. And I would like to never talk about him ever again as long as sh- I shall ever live. That's a talk, good idea. Yeah, I now I'm going to talk to him uh, like a lot about Albert Fish. That's a problem. <laughs> I have been bringing it up quite a bit yeah. in various different levels of company and I got to say I love the I love the expressions people have. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Um, they go, right. oh. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> I want to say huge thanks to research assistants Emma and Megan on this one. Also, thank you to Brittany out in L.A. for the Ooh. beef jerky that we got oh my in the mail. Yes. And Ben ate all of and yeah. didn't give any of us. I ate the last batch, though, all on my own, so I will <laughs> yeah. take that. I got yeah. mine. So uh, Marcus please. never gets any beef jerky, and that's a fun game Henry and I play. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I never get any beef jerky. I'd send some more, but she also sent some special goodies. Thank you for those thank as you well. Thank you for those. They were oh, unpredictable. Yes. Very unpredictable. <laughs> uh, I also want to say thank you to Sean Ingledu for the amazing nuclear Trump t-shirts. Oh, which, my God. Awesome. Yeah, you saw Ben wearing uh, the nuclear Trump t-shirt on last stream on the left. And if you want to buy your very own nuclear Trump t-shirt, you can go to Sean's Facebook page, Sir Osis of Liverpool's Castle. Ooh. Ooh. And speaking of last stream on the left, holy shit, guys. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you so yes. much for watching. We broke records of, of their viewership on adultswim.com. Their top show only had like 500 views. We literally broke in with like 3,000 views. We want to break it again this week. We're doing it again Friday at 7.30 this week. Uh, and please come and watch. It was awesome. It was, it was yeah, so it was much fun. Yeah. Very good. It was so great. Very yeah, fun. Go to adultswim.com and uh, that first episode is archived. Actually, yes. if you go to the Adult Swim website now, just go to adultswim.com and scroll down a little bit and it's got our picture on there. Yeah, all right. Oh, there we are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, by Stevie Chris, an amazing photographer. Yes, thank you. 
good. Yes. Um, and also, uh, I'd like you guys to support the new series Crypto, created by Andrew Parker and Brandon Kahala. I'm doing voices for it. Kiss will be on there. Marcus is on there. Ed, Ed Larson will be on there. And we are, it is, please awesome. help support it. It's going to be a really good, fun series. It's a cartoon series about cryptids. And I'm really excited. I get to play evil German doctor in it. So I get to be, I get to be your grandfather's little inspiration in Isn't there. that exciting? Um, and and that's at www.seedandspark.com slash studio slash crypta. All right. I mean, what a great community uh, that that's forming here. I mean, everyone is doing amazing work. The t-shirt designs are incredible. The 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 artistic things that are coming out of all of you people is just so phenomenal. You people. You people. <laughs> what do you mean, you people? And if you want to get your very own last podcast on the left t-shirt, specifically uh, the one with new the, one. the new one with the Hail Yourself design, we just got those uh, uh, in uh, this week, we've been having a bit of a uh, transition of our uh, T-shirt people going on right now. So if you've been waiting for your T-shirt for a little bit, we're sending them out this week. You're going to have them very soon. Go to cavecompanyradio.com slash merch uh, to check those out. And, of course, this Friday, we're coming to Baltimore. Uh, go to Auto Bar. Uh, go to the Auto Bar website to get tickets for that. And we've got a very big announcement coming up next week about uh, more upcoming shows. We're going to be doing two out... Uh, we're gonna well, keep it secret for anything. Whoa, we got a secret. We got a secret, but we've got two big shows coming up in December. I'm not Ooh. even gonna say what coast it is. Marcus, you might be going to free speech trail, my friend. Ooh, <laughs> no, look at me. Yeah, guess what, man? The chow sucks. <laughs> all right, hey, they um, took all the bones out of the meat. You can yeah. find us on Twitter. Yeah, we can do Twitter and check out the other shows here on Cave Comedy Radio. Abe Lincoln's top at Roundtable of Gentlemen, page seven. Sex and other human activities, and Marcus's lucky bone show. Mixcloud.com slash Marcus Parks. And you're at Ben Kissel. I'm at Ben Kissel. At Instagram. Henry Loves You and, and Ben and Kissel Twitter. and Twitter. I'm at Dr. Fantasy on Instagram. You're Marcus Parks. I'm at Marcus Parks on everything. And at LP on the left for both Instagram and Twitter. That's right. Hail yourselves. Hail me and Satan together. Ooh, Hail Gene. Magoostalations. All right, yeah. Hey, everybody, it's time for our uh, Patreon shout-outs. If we don't get to your name this week, we'll get to yours eventually, but let's Sounds get like you're to yelling at them, Marcus. Week. Don't yell at them. Just don't. sit. If you have a problem, if you have if your name isn't called this week, just jerk off. <laughs> a bunch. Right, you're going to feel fine. You're going to feel great. <laughs> yes, and they are just shout-outs. I mean, you know, I got to... Whatever. I love your names. <laughs> <laughs> great names. So I'm going to... Can I read mine one first? Go ahead. Yes. Corinne Tandy. <laughs> Isn't that a great oh, name? Oh, yes. Hi, Corinne. I know Corinne. Yeah? Is Hi. It, that's a great name. Hi. Tristan Caret Myers. She's married. Yeah. Hyphenated name. Oh. Uh, and then there's a this guy's Matt, Matt, Matt. <laughs> Just three that's Matt. It? Matt, Matt, Matt. That's not a name. It is a name. That's it's, a fake name. It's three. Come out of hiding. Did you kill a girl? <laughs> Matt, Matt, Matt. Don't do it. Then the other one is Matt RB. Maybe he's a running back. And another one is Matt Laughlin. Then we got Richard Nelson, Adessa, <laughs> Geneva Kuzel. Thank you. Charles Ross, Jaron Foster, Matthew Allen, and Tyrell Heckendorf. Thank you guys so much. Monica Esquibel. Gracias. <laughs> Kevin Zadnick. Patrick Edmondson. Justin DeCaylo. Jeremy Lanham. Catherine Mitchell. Hello. Jason Laren, Adam Warner, Mark, Emily Fuller. I got <laughs> Vanessa Loretto, Stephen Stanley, ah. Skylar Holtkamp, Alan Dobbs, Patrick. 
Christine Moody. Oh, Thank you, Christine. Hey, Hello, Christine. Christine. Hey, how are you? Jennifer Richard. Richard. <laughs> Peter Paulding II. Alan and Ian Turpak. Thank huh. you. Kim Horton. Here's a here's a who. <laughs> kind of fun. <laughs> that is fun. That's fun. Jim Carrey is fun. That is fun. Love him. Fire Marshal Bill. Gary Lazell. Travis Jack Fleckenstein. And G. Thank you. Peter Whitehead. Erica Young. Thank you. Kalina Bowman. Taylor Lloyd. Jesse Rooney. I know Jesse Rooney. Hello. Hey. Hi. Hail Satan. Hello. Raphael Estrada. Randy Katzen. Sam. Oh, thank you, Randy. Beef jerky. Ooh, yeah. Beef jerky. Yeah. Hey, beef jerky. Beef jerky. I eat all of it. Marcus gets none of it. Oh, uh, no, 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 no. Sam Hall. Christopher Sorensen. John McClung. Rian Marks. I know Rian. We're going to yeah. see you soon. Yeah. So fucking soon. I'm going to see you in London. We're going to kill everybody. I think well, she's you, underage. Yeah, you well, say it like that. It's dangerous <laughs> to say. Yeah, technically. Keith Krajnik. Son. Alex Resendez. Greg Hampshire. As a new Hampshire. Oh. But you're old Hampshire. No, he's new. Old. Matthew. Joe R. Jeff Heilman. Mm-hmm. Grandfather. Oh, yeah. Jason Murray. And Sarah Desmoray, who I also remember from the internet. Hello. Hail Satan to you. Wow. I got Miguel Del Rio. Nikki Pook. Hey, Nikki. Nikki. Hey, hey, girl. Kirsten Hurig. Eric Downing. Elizabeth. Carly Maxwell. Justin Gray. And Marlo April Winner. All right. Uh, And I have Lynn Houghton. Carly Drew. The Joystick Jerks. They're funny. I've seen that. I've seen that part. Yes, Lauren Matthews. Thank you so much, Hill oh Satan. God, thank you. And if you guys want to hear your own shout out, go uh, give to our Patreon, Patreon.com yeah. slash Last Podcast and Lip. Thank you so much. Seriously, thank you guys so much for uh, for giving to us. This stuff is uh, really life changing. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Hail yourselves. Hail Satan. And hail Gene. Hail me. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to CaveComedyRadio.com. <laughs>